Welcome to the No Relation NFL Podcast with Matt and Bill Williamson. Matt, how you doing on a slow end of the month? Yeah, I'm doing quite well. And, you know, the, the big news obviously is around the team that you're closest with. We'll get into that. Um, but and for those that aren't really dialed in, it's an amazingly slow time in the NFL right now. You know, it's a hard, in, in, in our line of work with these podcasts I do and writing articles, there's not much to talk about. <laughs> you know, the free agency came and went so quick, and it, it happened so shortly after the combine that we didn't have a week or two just to talk combine and then free agency. And we still have a while now between now and the draft, and, you know, there's a couple moves here and there, but they're minor. And basically, you know, for those that don't realize it, I mean, everyone in the, uh, you know, that's atop these organizations is basically bunkered down and doing draft prep. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we printed towards this the first last couple of weeks saying, God, it is getting slow because, you know, this is a 12-month deal, and usually it, it takes to maybe, this at this point how slow it is, maybe it's two weeks before the draft, but it's actually a full 30 days before the draft. And, again, yeah. it's been coming for two weeks, and I haven't seen it get this slow after free agency this quickly. Now, I mean, there there are some stories looming out there, Romo and Adrian Peterson and, and some guys, you know, maybe a Garoppolo trade, but, I mean, geez, it seems like nobody's in a hurry. What Dallas is doing with Tony Romo is really kind of the theme around the league. Is Everybody's just kind of in a holding pattern. Yeah, they really are. I mean, everybody's slow playing everything. I mean, even like the Butler to the Saints rumors, you're not getting you know, that's not happening, but it sounds like it very well could. And um, it, it's it's hard on you and I and people that do what we do right now because there really isn't anything to talk about. And I would love to. And uh, as a result, I mean, I'm watching more of these draft draftable players and reading up on them more than I usually would get a chance. But, um, yeah, the, the league as itself is very slow. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're talking to a guy like Darrell Revis. So are, are you not surprised that, he's still out there, or are you a bit surprised? What's interesting about Darrell, and, I mean, I recruited him back way back when, um, his tape was really poor last year, and there were some rumors that he wasn't in very good shape, and he was playing with injuries, and he looked it. He looked slow, and he looked done, and that's hard to take a chance on. And anyone that's followed Darrell's career – realizes, I mean, he has maximized his earning potential more than any player that I can remember. You know, that he is a mercenary and and signed some huge deals. And by no means is anyone going to offer that to him now. I mean, is he going to swallow his pride and sign a $2 million one-year deal? Because, I mean, that's that's what he's worth right now. That's because of the risk. I don't know that he'll do that, you know, or – it, does he think that, boy, he can whip himself into shape and last year was an anomaly and he does do that and he signs a big deal a year from now? Possibly, but he's never you know, taken a prove-it deal in his life. He's never had to. Uh, it's interesting because his tape last year is horrible. You know, it, it's similar to, to Adrian Peterson. What, what are, these, are these guys waiting for this big check to come? You know, and, and then there's some lower-level type of those guys like Zach Brown. He's obviously not happy what he's been offered. Uh, Jonathan Hankins. But money's not going to suddenly come. Teams have a lot of money. Money's not an issue. They just don't want to spend it on who's out there. Yeah, that's exactly what it seems like. Yeah, well said. 
I mean, because there's a lot of teams that are still very much under the cap. And there's no, oh, there's and, no and real resources. So, to and, and I, you know, Hank is not going to get $10 million. Adrian Peterson is not going to get eight. Because, I mean, we've seen teams jump, you know, overpay, but the guys that are going to get overpaid have already been overpaid. Right, right. I 100% agree. And what my thought would be is, assuming everything we said is true, which I think it pretty much is, you know, that the, it's not like people are beating down Peterson's door or Brown or any of these guys. Would you then use this cap space to start re-signing your own, you know, extending some of your guys that are going to be free agents next year, you know, more so than even in other years? And then, then as a result, will next free agency period be really light too and just not have many guys to go after because they've already been re-signed? Yeah, and we may talk about this a little less uh, week, but I think that's what we're going to see happen. And, the, you know, the Raiders are already saying, we're saving our money for Carmack and Gabe Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. I'm certainly other teams are in that boat. And, you know, we saw some guys take some deals during the season um, that agents of other players kind of bashed. Why don't you wait for free agency? Why don't you help set the market? But those guys ended up being pretty smart, and I think we'll see that a lot, you know, between now and next February, a lot of guys resigning with their teams because there's going to be a lot of money out there. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're a player that's in a good situation, you're comfortable with the coach and the scheme and the city, and you're comfortable where you're at, and you have a, a role with that team. I would think that it becomes more and more attractive when you're looking at your buddies that are still sitting. You're looking at like Eric Blunt sitting out there, and nobody wants him. Just to take the deal, have some long-term security, you know, buy a house, keep your kids in the same school, and just stay with the same team. So, I'm wondering, you know, really big picture thinking, you know, are we going to see less player movement over these next three, four, five years with such a big cap, where you would think the opposite. I think less, and we'll see probably less, uh, you know, bigger names, and we'll probably see, um, you know, the greedy guys, the guys who are truly out for money waiting for free agency, and and teams can sniff those guys out. And, and you know, those aren't exactly the guys, that, the players that teams want to, to sign. And, um, yeah, I, I think free agency may change a little bit, for sure. Yeah, and it's a good point because – if I am a greedy guy and I think, boy, I'm going to make a ton of money on the open market, I might be right, but I might end up like Hankins or even a Don Terry Poe or, you know, these guys that just settle for deals that, you know, are below what you thought you were going to get and then hitting the market again. Yeah, and then like, and also on Jeffrey, guys that um, are getting these one-year deals, I think something like there's a huge number of one-year deals. Um, so those are the guys who are going to have to make the decisions in November and October. Should I sign long-term with these teams? Sort of like uh, Michael Crabtree did with Oakland a couple years ago. Yeah, so I yeah. think we'll see that in play as well. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's an interesting dynamic. that I'm not sure it went the way people thought they would. I mean, you kind of thought like, boy, everyone's going to get overpaid and there's going to be teams, you know, people you know, changing teams for long-term deals left and right, where maybe the opposite is true. And, you know, it's probably good for business. It may not be good for, you know, our type of March scuttlebutt, but it's probably better for the business. I think so, and I think it's better. One thing that's always bothered me, you know, is 
your kid buys a jersey, and then that kid, then that dude goes to Philadelphia. You know, you, the, the kid in Chicago that loved Alshon Jeffrey, and now he's in Philly. You know, like I think continuity right. and players staying with the same team is good for fans, is good for kids, is good for the league, as long as they're not getting screwed over with what they're making. You know, I mean, I, I'm all for the players maximizing their earning potential, um, but I do think a lot of player movement isn't necessarily good for the fans out there. And, and, you know, and we've heard this before, and you know this from being in the building, teams that, the guys that teams really want to keep, for the most part, they keep those guys. You know, unless right. the guy's just being unreasonable or, or, or something. But the guys that teams really want to keep are kept. Yes. And the cap is less of an issue in those regards now than ever, too. Yeah. So uh, you talked a little about breaking news. You know, because it's so slow on the field, the breaking news that's dominating the headlines is the Oakland Raiders leaving uh, for Las Vegas in, in three years. I, I think it may be sooner than that. Um, what, what was your initial thoughts? My well, I want to hear much more your thoughts because that's your team and you're way closer to the organization. My two things when I heard the news were, man, Al Davis would be so proud. You know, like this is the the perfect Al Davis maverick move going to Sin City. You know, and uh, I bet he's just smiling from wherever he's at right now, just loving every inch of this. And the other thing I thought was. I think it's really good for the other 31 teams in terms of their fan bases. You know, like uh, Pittsburgh travels really – I'm sitting here in Pittsburgh, and, you know, the Steeler fans travel really well. But, I mean, a weekend in Vegas, I mean, a bunch of dudes going to see Steelers Raiders in Vegas, you know, like, let's go. I mean, I would bet more so than any stadium in the league, there's going to be a lot of visiting fans in these Vegas ones. Cheap flights, great hotels to stay at, fun stuff to do you know, all weekend long. I would think a lot of people flock to these games from other cities. Oh, certainly. and, and I mean, that's what's going to be is that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm in Buffalo and I'm a Bills fan or I'm in Cleveland, I'm a Browns fan. And first thing you do when the schedule comes out and you know they're going to go to play the Raiders, you look when that is and you book that trip. You know, yep. this, this is going to be destination weekends. This is going to be vacations. And we do see that with New Orleans and even Nashville a little bit. But this is going to, I mean, this is the United States vacation destination. So to get the NFL in there, fans from all over the league are going to, are, are going to flock. Now, the Raiders are an interesting fan base themselves because, you know, they have such a reputation of great fan bases, and they do, and it's a loyal group. But it's not the biggest fan base in the world. That's why they have that tarp up in Mount Davis. They don't sell out the entire stadium. Um, mm-hmm. What they have is a uh, kind of a spread out fan base. It's a national fan base. And that's partly because they already moved once, so there's a big group of fans <coughs> in L.A. But they're kind of like the Cowboys and the Steelers of the 70s, you know, the glamour teams. Those right. teams have fans from all over the country, and that's one of the reasons, and the Packers, and that's one of the reasons why those teams, the Packers, Steelers, Cowboys, travel so well, because they have fans everywhere, and the Raiders do, so there's going to be some a real competition from that Raider-Vegas ticket, um, and, you know, a lot of, most, I think, I'd love to see the breakdown once we get going of the people in the stadium, who's actually living in Vegas, I, I would think it would be a small percentage. It's a great point, and you're right. I mean, the kid that grew up 
you know, that's about my age, you know, that, that grew up in the 70s when the Raiders were good and maybe they didn't have a favorite team or they lived in the area of the, of the country that didn't have a team. And, boy, you love the Silver and Black and Madden and Clifford Branch and, you know, all those teams, Stabler and those guys, that you became a Raiders fan even though you're not even close to California. <laughs> you know, you're in a totally different area of the country. Those fans, I would imagine, are super happy about it because, yeah, now I'm going to Vegas to see my team, you know, as opposed to now I'm going to Oakland. You know, I, mean, I would think that they are very happy about that. Flights are easier, all those type of things. Um, I, I guess the one thing I don't know, and I'm going to sound stupid, just like I don't know geography, but how far is Oakland to Vegas? Well, it's it's just an hour uh, flight, and it's a real easy flight, and there's plenty of them. I mean, to drive it would probably be like nine, ten hours, but a flight would be, you know, um, just just an hour. So it, it's super easy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of fans come from L.A. to Oakland. Now that trip is basically cut in half for them. Now it's a four-hour drive from uh, L.A. to Vegas instead of seven, eight hours. So, yeah, it's going to be a very transient uh, fan base. It, it might the stadium may there may be a lot of fans from the other team, but you know Raider fans are just going to come, you know, come from everywhere even more so. Yeah, that's cool though. Yeah, I mean considering. Like you said, they already did, you know, in my lifetime, they've been the Raiders of Oakland and L.A. and Oakland again. And, you know, that they, they picked up all those L.A. fans, which are a transient group probably anyways. So I think they're probably the best team to do this with. You know, when this popped up last January, after the L.A. thing fell apart for the Raiders, after they got just totally railroaded, just rammed over, uh, this popped up, and I'm like, well, you know, I've heard Portland before. I've heard San Antonio before, you know, several different L.A. spots. But this one, there's something cool about this idea. I don't think it'll ever happen because the NFL, you know, is against the whole gambling thing. But there's something really cool about this. And now, 14 months later, it's reality. And that's what strikes me, you know, somebody who's been following this. This Raiders leaving Oakland has not been is not a new story. It's been an issue for years and years, and you know you've always and but there would be so many roadblocks and so many. Well, this is not a reality. This Vegas thing happened relatively quickly, and and that's what people down you know in Phoenix were saying yesterday is like there is no questions asked in this meeting. They just kind of rammed it through. Once they got that public money and once they got Bank of America involved, this thing was over. This, you know, so, and it does kind of show that, you know, the you know, NFL is pretty hypocritical. About a year ago, Roger Goodell said, you know, we really don't want to get close to Vegas. You know, Tony Romo and those guys couldn't go to fantasy leagues in Vegas, and now they're having to have a franchise in Vegas. And it just shows. That money runs this thing. It's not that we didn't know this, but this is just another yeah. glaring example of it. Yeah, it's really well said. And did it shock you? I mean, like you said, I'm mean, 31 out of 32 teams voted yes, like right off the bat, it sounded like. And I don't know who the one team was, but did it shock you that it was that lopsided and that much of a majority? Yeah, I didn't think it was gonna. I didn't think it was gonna be like that at all. I, I was gonna be, you know, maybe five, six. Miami's the one team that. Um, voted against it, and Stephen Ross, their owner, who owns a casino in Florida himself, 
said, it, it was more about a statement of we got to stop leaving these cities. You know, there's yeah. three okay. teams have left in the last 14 months, and that was so it was more of a statement that way. That, I know we don't know the answer to this question, but that division now, the West, is going to have two teams that moved in a very short you know, amount of time in between them. Do you think that hurts the team, the, the product, the level of play in any way? You know, I mean, do you think it hurts the Rams? You know, I, I probably don't. I mean, does, does it make Phillip Rivers a lesser player or Derek Carr or – um, I don't know. Do you have any opinion on that? I mean, uh, I mean you know, sure it just depends on, on how it's handled. At the yeah. same, I mean, the Rams went to L. You know, they're they're building their stadium. They went to a temporary home in L.A. right away. They pulled the plug on St. Louis and they went right away. The, the Chargers this year are doing the same thing. They're leaving immediately. They're even you know they're training in in L.A. They're becoming the L.A. Chargers. They're they're starting that process. The Raiders are different. There's really nowhere to do that in Las Vegas. So they're staying in Oakland. So that's going to create more of a distraction because it's, you know, it, it's a lame duck. And so they're, I mean, you know, as a news guy and, and news people, we always, what's the next part of this story? Mm-hmm. The next part of this story is when they actually going to leave. And ideally they want to be there two or three years, um, but, there's already rumblings that Oakland may say, get the hell out of here now, you know? And, yeah, right. And, yeah. and, and, and kick them out after this year. And then they're going to have to go play at Sam Boyd Stadium in, in Vegas, which is where UNLV currently plays. And that's a very low-level stadium. And that would need to be really spruced up, you know, just to get, be able to host an NFL game for a year or two. So that's, what, that's the cloud the Raiders organization has to deal with is the flux. And I think Jack Del Rio really handled this well and said, look, I'm not going to talk to my players about Vegas quite yet because I don't know how many players are going to be on this team. Hell, I don't even know if I'm going to be on this coaching team <laughs> right. when we're there. But i got to worry about this year and this year's part of the transition. And so I think, you know, there could be distractions playing as a lame duck and – the, the thing that they have going for them is that they are a good team. If, they, if this wasn't a good team, this year would be really ugly in Oakland. Sort yeah, of if like it was the Raiders of five years ago Oakland. or whatever. Could be nasty. Yeah, and when Houston went to was announced they were leaving Houston, the Oilers announced they were leaving Houston to go to Tennessee. Well, that was such a bad situation. They had to go play in Memphis for a year or two before while the National Stadium was getting ready. So. There's that possibility here. Yeah, that's good points. You know, the, the whole lame duck situation. Uh, I guess I haven't paid enough attention to the story, and I assume you know this, but is there is a new stadium being built in Vegas, right? Do you know when it's going to be done and all those details, or do they know that yet? Or uh, I just yeah, yeah it's going to be done in 2020. So there's wow, that's three, a long there's time. Three seasons in between. Okay. So yeah, I mean, if they had to play at UNLV for two years or whatever. That's pretty nasty too. Yeah, and, and and then you know it's it's 110 in September and October there certainly <laughs> right. September, and they're playing these one o'clock games. Yeah, it's it's not going to be fun. Yeah, I didn't even thought of the weather situation, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so I think overall it, it, it's a good thing for the league, and and it's going to be a good thing for the Raiders organization because you know they're getting a new stadium. They're, they're, it's 
that they're going to be able to compete and they're going to have there's going to be no more questions about where they're going to be and I think it's going to be a good thing but certainly it's a bad thing for Bay Area Raider fans. Yeah, I hear you. Who's lost their team twice? That's the bitter part of this. This happened twice. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, that's definitely yeah. rough. Yeah. Um, so. Football related, and I know this really doesn't have anything to do with the move, but I just wanted to ask you this because it is a division you know best, and I think it's the hardest division to do this in. If you were to do a power rank with the AFC West right now, how would you rank them? Oh, boy, that's a good one. Um, Stuff. I, I think I'd probably take the easy way out and and just go into in, in how they finish. I don't think anybody's really improved much. Probably go Kansas City, Oakland, Denver, and and and, Can- and San Diego or L.A. Yeah, I think I'd put the Raiders first, just because Carr comes Defense back, and I think problem. they're better than Kansas City. But you're right. I mean, the more I think about it, as compared to most teams in the league, this division hasn't done very much. You know, I mean, like the Denver no. did a little bit on their O line, and you know, but there's no huge addition that's going to change the balance of power all of a sudden. I think the Chargers are a better team than what we saw last year, and I think the draft sets up for them to be heavily improved again. But, yeah, I think I'd go Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers. Yeah, I mean, and that's fair, but the thing about the Raiders was that the Chiefs beat them pretty good in both games. True. And I think the Chiefs may be a little better, but the Raiders may be a growing stock better so maybe they pass them this year. I'm just a little worried about the Raiders' defense that they haven't done anything yet, and they're going to have to really rely on, on the draft, and not just you know for the future, but then the draft isn't helping right now. Does it shock you that Oakland wasn't a little more active? Yeah, but they're they're really they're really trying to keep that money for those uh, for the, their base guys, you know, the, the yeah. Max and the Cars, and and you can't argue that. Um, how would you rank the AFC West defenses? Denver far and away number one still. Kansas City two. Raiders a distant fourth. Right. See, and that's what that's yeah. what's interesting. If you're a distant fourth on defense in a in a good division, are you far? Are you the best team in the division? I don't know if you can say that. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. You know, in a competitive division, you know, there's no Browns or 49ers in a division, obviously. Although, yeah, I mean, they still have Khalil Mack, and they have good players. I mean, I could see the defense being, even if they don't do much, you know, I do think they'll draft a linebacker for second round. But even if they don't do a whole lot more other than that, I could see it being a little bit better on that side of the ball than they were last year. I mean, I think there's good players there. But yeah, right, I mean, you know, I think Mac. I, I think Mac is going to improve increasingly, and he won the Defensive Player of the Year award. I, I think when it's said and done, his career, we're going to look at this year as one of, uh, as a pretty average year for him. Really? So especially beginning of the year, he's going to get better, and that's going to obviously help. But you know, there's injuries, and you just don't know. And I just like to see them get a little deeper on defense. No, I hear you. I think that makes a lot of sense, and I mean. Not that he's a big name, but they lost a guy like Stacy McGee and didn't do anything to bring him back. And, you know, their defensive tackles weren't great to begin with. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that is a concern. I mean, they're, really, they're really hoping that, you know, Mario Edwards can stay healthy. Um, I thought he was a big loss. Certainly they can't bank on Alden Smith. I mean, 
nobody's saying anything there, but he's he's very very likely not coming back. You know, so you know they they could use another pass rusher. So so we'll see. But yeah, it's uh, I still think it's it's the best division in football. But it's interesting that it's been a quiet one thus far. Yeah, and you know we were planning on talking about who are some of the really improved teams. I don't think any of them come from this division. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so give me give me a, a couple in in each division. I'm not each division, but each each conference. Who do you think's improved since the end of this season? I mean, stick in the AFC. Nobody wants to hear this, but the Patriots are a lot better now than they were. Yep. <laughs> and, and and oh, by the way, they get Gronkowski back, and they're a lot better. Yeah. I mean, they're really really good. And I know that's not fun to talk about. The other 31 teams don't want to hear it. Uh, trust me, I say it in Pittsburgh here all the time, and I'm like, well, the gap just got even bigger between New England and Pittsburgh. Um, but they're fantastic, and they're really, I mean, I, I almost feel like I'll give you the other 31 teams and I'll take New England, and we'll both put a chip down to see who wins the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously you take that bet, but, man, I mean, they're a, a distant first, in my opinion, of who should be the Super Bowl favorite. And, and yeah, they're. And I, I think you just said they, they're getting Gronk back, and it's just. Um, I mean, they're way better than they were in March of 2016, right? Yes, yes. There's no doubt, and I mean, it might be back-to-back years they didn't have a first-round pick, but they might trade Jimmy Garoppolo and end up with the 12th pick, you know, or right. trade Butler and end up with a first-round pick, you know. So there, there's more in the works still for this team. I look at the rest of that division, and I wouldn't say anyone's noticeably improved. And I would say the same about the North. You know that I mean the Browns are because their offensive line's better, but they're not. I mean I'm not sure they're worth talking about. I mean they're a one-win team that could go to a five-win team, but they don't have a quarterback. And yeah, I mean, well, Jacksonville is Jackson. Do we need to be keeping worrying about Jacksonville becoming good? I mean, is it going to happen? Or I look in that division, and if Houston gets Romo or even Cutler, I'll say they're noticeably improved. I think Jacksonville's defense has a chance to be great. I mean, one of the best in the league. But their offense, I would be shocked. I mean, it's no better on paper. Although I do believe Bortles is a better player than what we saw last year. So, yes, but... It seems like every March we talk about how the Jags are going to be better, and they're right. not. And, you know, and I know they have a new coach, and you know they're they're trying. Um, I think Tennessee's a little bit improved, and the best might be yet to come with two first round picks still looming for right. them. And, and they're the useful anyway. They're going to they're going to yeah. improve anyway. Sort of like the Raiders, you know, they're a rising stock anyway. Yes, but we just buzzed through the AFC there. And the only team in the AFC that I feel really confident about is much better won the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> right. So, you know, we, we, the, besides that fact, that the, the unfair part about it, how does only one team improve? I mean, like I said, I think the Browns are a little better. I think Miami's a little better. But I don't think, you know, Jacksonville's defense is really good. But... I don't think any of them are, wow, look out for these guys. I do think there's some teams in the NFC, though, you know, Tampa, Philly. I think both those guys are noticeably better. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, the free agency wasn't as impactful this year. It goes back to our original conversation. It wasn't as big a deal this year as, you, as it has been. And you can't count on the, as much as we love the draft and as much as teams build, that's the way the build is through the draft. You can't really count on instant, you know, impact from the draft. Right. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, so we're going to. And of course, there'll be teams that are better. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of change, of course. You know, and injuries will have a lot to do with it, too. But I do really like what Tampa's done, you know, and I'm not alone there. That I think they're better on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I, I, I like the teams. A big thing I love is when people set themselves up to really get the most out of the draft. And I think Tampa's in that boat. You know, I think Philly really needs cornerback help, but it's a really good corner class. And I think their offense is going to be very good, and their receivers are much, much better. But I don't know. I think Washington's a little worse. I think Dallas is a little worse. You know, secondary got hit really hard. I would say the Giants are a little better. Defense basically returns, and you throw Brandon Marshall in the mix. And I mean, I don't trust Eli, but it wouldn't blow me away if Philadelphia won the East. Do you like that Chris Long signing today in Philly? That's uh, actually the first I heard that, but I do because that was the other thing I was going to say. Is I mean, they need a corner. And then they could use another pass rusher, defensive end type. And he can play for another year. I mean, he was okay in, in New England and don't play him a lot of snaps. And uh, he would be a good influence on a rookie that I think they'll bring in. So, yeah, I do like that. That's the first I heard that. Um, you know, I think Chicago's a little better. I think the Packers are a little worse. You know, I think the Lions are a little better. The Vikings might be a little better. But that division hasn't made wholesale changes. And, I mean, what about out west? Seattle's not really much better, right? They've done nothing. I think Arizona's a little worse. They took a couple big hits on defense. Right. Um, maybe the Rams are better, you know, because if they're, I mean, I think a new, new coach will go a long way. Whitworth helps. Goff can't be as bad in his second year. And the Niners are like the Browns. Sure, they're a little better, but they're still of no consequence. Um, you know, you look in the south. Atlanta, I don't think, is going away at all. You know, they could add a guard and a defensive end and still have a really good roster. I wouldn't say that Carolina is noticeably better. I mentioned Tampa's improved. And I think the Saints are better, you know, especially if they can land a Malcolm Butler or, you know, one more defensive guy. I think their defense can approach mediocrity, and you know the offense will always be there. But they gonna? I mean, losing. You say they're better, but they lost a the guy like Brandon Cooks. I mean, can they bounce yes, back from that? Yes, and I like Cooks, and I like Cooks a ton. But I just feel like, and this is probably a little, you know, jumping the gun. But if you give Drew Brees and Sean Payton, you know, a handful of decent dudes, they're going to score four points. You know, I, I just, I, I just never doubt that offense and. They did add Warford. I mean, I think their offensive line now is amongst the best in the league. I just think they'll continue to run the ball well. Michael Thomas is a budding star to me, and I think they'll add one more pass catcher of note. So that could be a decent division then, huh? Yeah, that's what I was sitting here thinking is, boy, that could be a fun division. You know, that uh, even in Carolina, I don't think they're going to be a bottom feeder. No, I mean, if they get some help and they figure out an offensive line, they should be fine. Um, you know, it's really interesting. People forget that that Tampa Bay-Atlanta division went right down to the 
right down the wire, you know, Atlanta should be the Super Bowl champions. Are the Tampa Bay made a bunch of moves? Are they better than the Falcons? I don't know about that. I mean, Atlanta did lose a stud offensive coordinator, but they had the best offense in the league last year, and I don't think it's going to get noticeably worse. I think that young defense showed as the season went on it was getting better and better, and they'll even add more youth and speed and you know through the draft. I mean, I like Tampa, but I think they're probably now a wild card team. Okay. Um, um, so you still think there's a pretty big gap between Tampa Bay and Atlanta? I think there's a gap. I would say it's less than there was, and I really like Winston. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they were an 11-5 and team. I mean, I think they are better, and I think the draft will help them too. Defense got a lot better as the season went on. They were a really hot team to finish the year. But Atlanta's really strong. I mean, I still think Atlanta's pretty clearly number one. I mean, I look at that division and I would say Atlanta, uh, Tampa, New Orleans, Carolina, in that order pretty distinctly, you know, with a little bit of a gap between all four. Do you think Tampa could be one of those teams that takes advantage of not too many holes and, and grabs one of those stud Running backs? Maybe. You know, I think they will draft a running back on the first or second day. You know, but what if Leonard Fournette falls to him? I mean, I think that'd be really hard for them to pass on or Cook, even McCaffrey. You know, but I think they kind of need a bell cow guy. I mean, I think safety's the bigger need, but if there's not somebody you love and there's a running back, I mean, you can't trust Doug Martin. Sims is not a. uh, an every-down guy. I still think that's a kind of a, a dark horse landing spot for Adrian Peterson, too. Yeah, perhaps. I, I just did my first mock draft last week, and I'll change it a few times. But that's where I had McCaffrey falling. I don't know about falling, but landing. I can I, see I have Cook and Fournette going a little higher. I can see McCaffrey is going there, and I could see them... You know, that would be a great thing to make Winston's life easier, you know, as a really do-it-all type of guy, easy throws to him, mismatches. But I also think that they need more of the bell cow, too. You know, that I'd rather McCaffrey than Sims, but I think they do, they kind of play the same role, you know, where I think they need the the 230-pound downhill guy as well. But a lot of teams do, and nobody seems to care about it. Yeah. Would that be a good fit? And we're, we're just, you know, fantasy here, but Peterson and, and McCaffrey, I mean. Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's going to play somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that. I could see that. Would, would, would McCaffrey, cause you, you could do probably a lot of things. You had McCaffrey and Deshaun Jackson on the field together, right? Absolutely. And, you know, including Sims and Brate's a decent tight end. And, oh, by the way, Mike Evans is a true number yeah. one. And, yeah, I mean, when in doubt, give Winston another toy to play with. Yeah, yeah, no, that could, that could be something. Wanted to end the show on talk a little Steelers with you. And Do you think now could be a time for them to draft a running back? I'm saying mid-round. They don't have a lot of needs. Um Obviously, defensive needs are, are more important, but say they, you know, address a pass rusher and maybe, a, you know, a, a defensive back. 
in the first two rounds, would it be smart to get a, a running back in the third round as insurance for an oft-injured Bell and a, a, a once you know a suspended Bell and a, and a Bell who could leave in free agency next year? Yes, and I think it will happen. I mean, I think it'll be an upset if they don't draft a running back. In they they also have a, a third round supplemental pick, so they're going to have four picks on the first two days. And I absolutely think a running back will be one of those picks. You know, I think they'll absolutely have to take an edge rusher. Um, they, they they signed Nal Davis, but he's going to him and Toussaint are, I think will battle for that third spot and uh, kickoff returner. But I think they're going to look at the draft and get Bell's backup possible replacement. With a guy, I mean, being a lifelong Pittsburgh guy and, you know, knowing how they operate, would a guy like Joe Mixon even be in the mix? Would a character guy like him, because I know they worked him out in, in, in Oklahoma. I think they ran his pro day. He could be a guy that's available in the third round, and he'd be a heck of a football value. Would the Steelers take him? I mean, I think he's exactly the type of running back they want. You know, I think he has a lot of Le'Veon Bell usage, big back that can receive and also is obviously extremely talented. I think if they're going to take him, it would have to be with their second-round pick, though, too. I mean, I don't think he's going to fall as far as people think. And I know the general opinion is, boy, the Steelers are on a tight ship. They would never touch that guy. They brought in Michael Vick. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's always – you can always write the narrative of, you know, everyone deserves a second chance, which I think they do. And, you know, not everyone in black and gold has been a choir boy over the years either. I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I think they would strongly consider it with that late second rounder. Really? And would you, would you give that a, a – a- a plus right away? Would you, if you're on a Pittsburgh radio show that night, would you say great pick over uh, another defensive choice? Yes, because I think he's that good a player. And I'm very much a believer in people deserve second chances. And if they were to do it, I know the organization well enough that they would have absolutely done their homework and spent a lot of time and background checks and would have felt comfortable with the person, at least, you know, you know, to to a strong degree. So if they were to do it, if I was sitting there doing draft coverage and the pick comes in the second round, the Steelers take Joe Mixon, I would say, wow, this chance, this offense is really, really good now, and set up for the long term. And I trust the people that made the pick that they trust the young man. And do you think he could help them right away this year, even with Bell, you know, being a noted Bell cow back? Yeah, but that's not how Tomlin operates. You know, I mean, he's really, and it drives me a little crazy, and I've been critical of him, but really since he's come on, he has used one back a very, very high percentage of the time, and usually that back ends up breaking down. And, you know, we saw it again this year. Bell gets hurt in the playoff game, and, you know, he's always been hurt for the playoffs and has had an inordinate amount of touches running back receiver I'm on Pittsburgh's winning streak. And, yeah, it's working, and your job is to win games. And there's absolutely a strong argument that why it's, why it's not broke, don't fix it. But 
I mean, going back to Willie Parker, and he always uses one back a very high percentage of the time, and then that back usually breaks down. Yeah. So maybe if they had a mix in, they could give them an opportunity not to, to overuse Bell. Or overuse Bell in his franchise year until he breaks down, then overuse Mixon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's probably how it more likely is how it would go. So you could see this happening. I could. I mean, it's off the top of my head, and I certainly am going to talk to some of my guys close to the organization to see if the – I mean, they might tell me Maddie's not even on their board. And that wouldn't shock me either. Yeah. You know, I mean, that wouldn't yeah. shock me if any team said, uh, we're not even, we're going to pretend like he doesn't exist. But it sounds like they've been involved and they've kicked the tires at least. You know, it's fascinating because everybody's saying he's either the best or the second best running back in this class, which means he's a top ten or top – 15 pick, and we all seen the video, and there's no, the video is what happened, it's just another NFL dilemma, and you're saying you think he's going to go in the second round, so, just like with the Raiders moving from Oakland, money matters, and on the field, talent wins as well. Yeah, he's a really good football player. Yeah, and that's probably what's going to happen, that he's going to be drafted higher than people think. Yeah, I think he's going to be a second round pick. I think he certainly will not be there in the third day. Well, whoever, whenever teams draft him, there is going to be some protesters that next day, right or wrong or whatever. But you know, sure, it's going right to gonna be a hot topic button in that city. No doubt, no doubt. And you, you mean, what if New England takes him? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of teams could take him. Yeah, I do too. And I think I think it's just it's a fascinating discussion that's happening probably in 32 buildings right now. No question, no question. You know, yeah, so. I'm, I'm very interested to see how it plays out. And yeah. my hunch is, if a team takes them in the middle of round two, the other 31 teams aren't gonna be like, "Wow, I can't believe they didn't do that." I think most of the teams will be like, "Damn, I wish he would have fallen to us." <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, there's probably not one just lone soldier out there that's loving them. And there's probably going to be a few owners going, thank God they took him. Right. Like, boy, I'm glad he, I don't have to deal with that. And he's <laughs> Right. 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 And then there's going to be a coaching division. Well, cool. Going, well, I think we I got through play. pretty well on a, you know, a late March, not much going on. Yeah, man, your Raiders are going to Vegas. Craziness. Yeah. You're, you, you're going to have to take some road trips to Vegas, dude. <laughs> I can see that. Well, just more of them, that's all. <laughs> Good stuff, so, dude. All right, cool. We'll talk next week. Thanks, everybody.